This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mother of four, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of The Crystal Pain Show. Today, we're going to have a conversation, not from the perspective of, Jesse, we've really got this all figured out, but just have a conversation about some things that we are learning and thinking about and trying when it comes to phones, social media, and being present with our kids. <laughs> Jesse? You need to put your phone away. He's literally looking on his phone right as I was saying that. I see him opening up an email from the local baseball club. Jesse, clearly, we need to have a conversation about... I was looking to see if, can- if practice was canceled tonight. <laughs> being present. I literally just said the words being present. And as I saw, you opened that up. Okay, like I said, we are not going to be talking about Listen, it from hey, the perspective of we have it all figured out. Thought, well, we did five minutes ago, but you know. Then. No. <laughs> this was inspired by someone writing in, and I'll share their question later on in the show. But first off, we have a fitted sheet hanging up on the window in my office. I wish you all could see. And it's kind of making me feel off center because well the sheets off center for one yes i did an interview with the 700 club this week and because of covid you don't fly out to their studio you do it via skype which is great because i only have to be available for a tiny little time it's not like i have to you know spend hours of my life flying there flying back and staying overnight and all that but 
it was, I had to be on at 7.30 a.m. And then my, I didn't go live until I think it was 8.45. But when I got on at 7.30, the sun was blazing in on my eyes. And I realized that I've never done an interview from that spot at that time of day. And I had no idea that because we don't have blinds on the office window, it would just not work. So Jesse quickly got the ladder and we put up a fitted sheet. So it worked perfectly. It worked perfectly. And I, we just haven't taken it down yet. So we're going to have to do that. But the interview went really well. And um, we can link to that in the show notes if anyone wants to watch that. It was my third time to be on the 700 Club. And it was really an honor to get the opportunity to share about love-centered parenting. We also had kind of a monumental week. Last week, we mentioned that we have a new driver in the family, but Catherine is now taking the kids to school. It's actually been so nice. But so weird. It's very weird. Every morning, it's like, I'm like, okay, you know, thinking about how we need to get out the door and what time and all. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, she's driving them to school. Then in the afternoons, it's like, when do we need to? Oh, yeah, she's bringing them home. It is amazing and really weird. That's the only word I have for it. Mm -hmm. She's doing such a great job, though. We also are gearing up for when you hear this podcast. The day it will be on Tuesday and um, the day before, we um, baby D is having his surgery, his lip repair for his cleft lip. He still will have a, another surgery for his cleft palate. They do it in um, segments. And so this is the cleft lip repair. And he's only supposed to have to stay overnight. Um, and they think he'll do well. Although with the Down syndrome, they said that sedation and Down syndrome, there are additional risks. So there are some concerns with that. But hopefully when you hear this podcast, you can go ahead to my Instagram account, the Money CV Mom, and check and make sure that everything went well. But we're just gearing up for that right now. And it's it's uh, we've never had a child that's had like a major surgery like this before. No. no, Champ, I, I, Champ I, I, had to go under for a small surgery when we had him. And then Catherine, Catherine did tubes. She had tubes in her ears and her adenoids out. But other than that, it's pretty much it. yeah, we've had a very unmedically com- com- medically uncomplex life with our kids. You've had some major <laughs> surgeries, major surgeries, uh, brain tumors when you were younger, but since we've been married, it's, you know, we haven't hardly had anything. So this is the largest, this is kind of the biggest surgery thing that I will have experienced with a child. And um, gratefully, things have changed with COVID so that we can, we won't, as far as we understand, we won't both be able to be up there at the same time, but we will be able to trade off. And so it used to be that only one parent could be there, or sometimes they had rules. It was like a parent couldn't mm-hmm. even be there. So we're grateful at least for that. Speaking of baby D, what's saving my life this week is that I wanted to learn some Spanish. I have almost zero. I mean, I probably know 15 Saddle. Spanish. Saddle. What? 
Is, is that, I don't even That's know. Zero okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Whatever that is. No, I don't know any Spanish, maybe 15 words is what I was going to say. Cause we have traveled to some Spanish speaking um, countries before, but um, because his family speaks Spanish and he's having visitation, we want to make sure that there is exposure to Spanish in mm-hmm. our home and on a consistent basis, just so that it's not something that's really foreign to him. So we've been coming up with creative ways to make that happen. And so I downloaded Duolingo, which is an app that is free to teach you another language. Although I heard from people that it's actually Spain Spanish or however you say that. The dialects are different. But it's something. <laughs> At least it's going to teach me some some basics. And then we're finding lots of creative ways to just have Spanish in our home. So YouTube has some really great kids educational shows that ha- are Duolingo. And is that how you say it? No, bilingual. 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 I, I was like, Duolingo is yeah, the, yeah. the app. Okay. Bilingual. Um, so they'll do a nursery rhyme or a song in English, and then they'll do it in Spanish and they have the words up on the screen. So that's, I am excited for Kirsten to get to be mm-hmm. exposed to that as well. And then I, need to look into this, but I've heard that there is a U version Spanish Bible that you can get the audio on U version. And so I wanted to be playing that. And then um, Spotify has a number of worship channels like Hillsong that are in Spanish. So we've been playing that as well. And I'm wanting to find, I still need to look up some Spanish board books. I want to get those because Jesse, you know, some Spanish and the girls are taking Spanish mm-hmm. in high school. And so that they can read, cause my, I would not be pronouncing it right. If I'm trying to read a board book or I thought I'm going to look and see if YouTube, I'm sure there are some people that read the books, you know? So I was thinking like good night moon and mm-hmm. corduroy and some of our favorite board books that we could also have them uh, the Spanish version of them as well. So I wanted to get that, but so that's been, just all of the technology that is out there to help with this and to help so that I'm not trying to figure it out on my own Mm -hmm. um, has been really good. But for those of you who are listening, if you have any great ideas of ways that we can consistently be, you know, exposing baby D to Spanish on a daily basis and just simple ways, um, send me an email, crystal at moneysavingmom.com. Jesse, what's saving your life this week? Well, actually, before I get into that, it, when you said that about um, watching things, uh, different Spanish-speaking clips on on YouTube or whatever, it brought me back to when I was taking Spanish at, in college. We were required to go to a video lab and watch movies in Spanish mm-hmm. and just sit there and, and, be, and I think that they might have been Spanish-dubbed. Mm-hmm. They might have been English-speaking mo- movies and then dubbed in Spanish. So just kind of, kind of get that that immersion. Um, I never got to the point where I would dream or think in Spanish, maybe barely thinking in Spanish on some, some points. But I've lost all of it since then. But it's a pretty fun experience. But Well, and then also people told me that Netflix and Amazon Prime, Netflix, you can change the language. Mm-hmm. So I need to figure well, out what done, that, how that works. We've done exactly. that before on accident. 
Yeah, so you can change the language. And then Amazon Prime supposedly has a number of Spanish kids shows that I need to look into. And right now, media, they said that that also, people okay. told me that that had a lot of... So there are so many options out there. And a number of people have told me that their kids, um, like one mom this morning, she said that her husband is from France and so he speaks French. And so all of his family is still there and they speak French. Mm-hmm. So with their kids, they've just had them watching shows on YouTube, listening to music in French. And she said that she and her kids have picked up enough just from doing that and having Hmm. that in their home that they're able to understand the relatives. And so that was really encouraging to me to hear that. What were you going to say? What's saving your life though? So it kind of goes hand in hand with what we're going to be talking about as far as time management goes. What but, are you going to share? I'm very, you have this space. I'm like, I don't know if I know what you're <laughs> going to share. I'm like, I feel like you're going to, it's going to be, okay. Yeah. But one thing that I've always struggled with was getting up early. And I think part of it is if you don't have something to get up for at a certain time, you might as well, <laughs> might as well sleep, <laughs> you know? That's where our personalities um, yeah, differ I so think, much. I, I think so. Right. Because I'm like, you always have something to get up for. Like you want to get up and I mean, like, exercise it, like, and I mean, like if somebody, read your Bible and start your day if, if and write out your to-do is, list. is counting on you for something at a certain time, you know, it gives you a time certain. Um, so you have the outer motivation, right? Like you're, you're motivated by Gretchen. Motivation. Gretchen Rubin talks about like the different types of motivators. And I think I'm more inner motivated mm-hmm. and where you need that outside account at least when it comes to like getting up or actually most of the time (laughs) (laughs) anyway keep going um so so i've as starting what last week i think it was we started going and doing ice skating lessons at zero dark 30 in the morning actually it's more like um leaving it i think lessons start at 6 30 so now um so we have to get up like at five so, but it's really helpful because now I think my body's in tune and gets up at five thirty at the latest. I mean, I slept on on Saturday and it was like, you know, or Sunday and it was seven o'clock. And you felt like and you I were felt just like being I was so lazy. Yeah. Also, I don't think you didn't set your alarm. No, I this didn't. morning and you woke up. Uh, no, 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 wrong alarm. But I did. Oh, okay. I did have an alarm wake me up at five thirty, but I was supposed to get up earlier because I have to take care of. Uh, baby D's medicine. Uh, he, he has to get that going before we leave. So that's a good motivator as well. Mm-hmm. That's all you got to say. Oh, I'm, I'm, that's I'm just... about fall asleep. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. So you get up really early and yeah. you get so much done, and yep. then about ten a.m. you're like, you start dragging. Okay, now I need to take a nap. You know mm-hmm. what? One benefit of getting up early is that you do possibly maybe be able to get it, take a nap in the middle of the day, mm-hmm. you know, and 20 minute naps actually do wonders. You know, I also think that there's something psychological that typically you wouldn't be so apt to give yourself permission to take a nap. But mm-hmm. if you've gotten up really early and you've gotten a lot of stuff done, you're like, Oh, well, and it's amazing how I much you, take a nap. Yeah, you get done a ton of stuff by nine o'clock and you're just like, Oh, it's only nine o'clock. So that's, it's more rewarding. And, and Caitlin has been, feeling the same way as well. Well, I think that leads right into our topic for today. And I'm going to read the question 
that came in that inspired this. And I've been wanting to share on this actually before this question came in because I wanted to talk about Laura Vanderkam's book, Off the Clock. I know I mentioned it, but I wanted to talk about tracking my time. But let me read this question. So it came in from, I'm not sure the name of the person, but maybe they didn't want to be identified. So she said, I love your show. I know you and Jesse manage a podcast show and your website, books, et cetera, all while having your children at home. How are you able to do all this, but stay present with your kids? My husband and I work full time and our kids go to daycare slash school, but there are times when we're working while they're home or trying to keep up with emails. Our oldest tells us that we're in quote phone zone also known as not paying attention to them while they're talking. Jesse, you've never done that no, before. No. It's, it's, it's good. You've That's like that. the twilight zone. Never done that before. How do you manage to keep up with all the work stuff that is going on, but at the same time separate dedicated time for your kids that you're not using social media? It has been especially hard with COVID and quarantines where kids are home for periods of time while the full-time work still needs to be done. First off, I just want to say that I feel like with COVID and quarantines and all that, we've got to give ourselves lots of grace. Mm -hmm. And so if you are still working from home and your kids are virtual schooling and you're mostly staying at home to recognize that you're not going to be able to do this incredibly well, it's just, it's, it's impossible. It's just a season Mm -hmm. and you have to just give yourself grace and be like, your kids are going to see you working. Your kids are going to see you on the phone And there's really no way around it. But regardless of whether you're there or whether your area has opened back up again and you're no longer working from home or you are working from home, but maybe your kids aren't virtual schooling, you can set boundaries. And I think that's really the most important thing for me is more compartmentalizing. When you work from home, you can't really shut the door on the job. Mm-hmm. If you go to work, you know, now I know with smartphones and all that, it's not, we're still, I think people are probably still tethered to their work much more than they used to be. But mm-hmm. there is that mental shift of like, I drive to work, I work, I drive home. And you have that kind of gear up time and that gear down time. Whereas when your work is at your home, it can just, it can just take over your life. If you don't have some boundaries, if you don't compartmentalize. And so for me, I've had to just learn. And I've done a lot of different things. For a season, I did not have email on my phone. That was really, really helpful to me because then I could only check my email and deal with email when I was on my computer. I now have it on my phone again just because so often I'm nursing or taking care of a baby and I'm I ha- I'm able to check emails. And if I only had it on my computer, I would get really far behind. And so I'm able to use some of those little snippets of time to mm-hmm. keep caught up. And that works for me. But if I was getting back to a season where the phone was sucking me in, that's the thing I pay attention to. Am I able to be present? So I'm getting together with a friend. Am I checking my phone? Or I'm at church or I'm at a meeting or I'm at some other thing. And am I checking my phone incessantly? That's for me an indication of, okay, something needs to change. And I periodically just try to have where I'll have a few hour block where my phone is just non-existent. Like mm-hmm. I put it in another part of the house just to make sure that I'm not addicted in a sense that I can't be disconnected from it. That or purposely forget it when you leave the house to drive somewhere. 
Yeah, you do that sometimes. I do that too. sometimes. Not purposefully forgetting it. Sometimes it's it's accidentally forgetting it, but it, you do realize how tied you are to it. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's in the navigation or you know just needing to get a hold of somebody. How in the world did we we get a hold of each other before the before we had had handheld cell phones? Yeah, you know, it's you know telling people that you're going to be late to something or that you know changing appointments. It, it's added so much convenience, but it's literally a ball and chain. And so I think having boundaries for me is the most important thing. On Sundays, that's one boundary that I have of I don't do social media on Sundays. And it's just for my heart and my soul to make sure that social media is not feeding me in an unhealthy way. And in all honesty, I look forward to Sundays. But by the end of Sunday, I am looking forward to being able to engage on social media again. Mm-hmm. And I feel like having that day of rest is really centering for me. And it just kind of resets things for me. And if I was just giving out 24-7, seven days a week, I would... Wait, 24-7 would be seven days a week. Sorry. If I was yep. giving out 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I would be depleted. In all honesty, we Mm -hmm. need those times of quiet. And then sometimes if I just feel like my soul is tired and depleted, I know I had one day this week where, and I just, I stay off of my phone for a while until I kind of feel like, okay. And, and I know that not everyone can do that with your job. You can't just choose that. If you're working where there's specific set hours, you can't do that. But she was talking about social media Mm -hmm. and for the most part, we have control over social media, unless your job is social media. And if it is social media, I hope that you have talked to your higher ups and made sure that there are parameters for you don't need to be on 24 seven, because if they're requiring that of you, that's a problem mm-hmm. and that you need to change you jobs or you need something <laughs> major to change because we can, it can be the kind of thing that every time, every minute we could be checking something. Yep. There's always, there's something to always check. And that's really the nature of, you know, if you study why they, how they created social media and their goal, it was almost like to suck you in and to keep you scrolling and keep Mm -hmm. you on that app. So having the boundaries, making sure that you have time where your phone is put away. I think it's such a good example for our kids too, for them to see that. And that's something that in our home, we will you know, encourage our kids um, and sometimes require them, depending upon what's going on and how things are going, to have their phone in our room for periods of time to just make sure that they aren't also just completely tethered to the phone and that they can go without the phone and they're fine. I think that, you know, we're talking about the outside accountability, like you're motivated by outside accountability and and I'm motivated more by the inner Mm -hmm. motivation. And so knowing what motivates you can be helpful as well. Because for me, one of the things that I did recently was I put on Instagram, just you, you can go in there and it can tell you when you've used your time for the day. Now it doesn't shut down the app. It just tells you, you know, you've spent this much time on the app. And for me, that's really helpful. And I try to, that's just kind of my indicator. Okay. You've spent your, a lot of time. You don't need to be on mm-hmm. Instagram anymore today. And so putting those types of things is just reminders for me. It's also, 
one reason why I don't have a lot of apps on my phone and why I do I don't do a lot of work from my phone. I could figure, you know, update my blog or do some other things from my phone and I've just found that it's easier for me to be on my computer and do that work right. from my computer so that my phone isn't where all the work is being done on so that I'm not just constantly needing to be on there or feeling that need to do that. But, you know, for you, Jesse, I'm thinking maybe other types of accountability would well, be more helpful. And we have implemented some things. Um, I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast before. I actually, uh, on my, I was having, I don't remember which apps I was having difficulty with um, as far as being on the apps a lot and it being a time waster. But I went ahead and turned on parental controls on my own phone. And Catherine created her uh, code that she didn't tell me that, that, and then I put some different uh, time frames that the app was active and would shut, and then other times that it was shut down, so that I couldn't change it. And, and that, so that, that helped. Was, instead of use the the kid was doing the parental controls yeah. on. I mean, I I love that. Like we yeah. totally flipped around. Like yeah, yeah. It takes some humility, but you know, hey, that that tells your child that you value them mm -hmm. and that they're helping to keep you accountable. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a way of being vulnerable. And you can also turn your phone on do not disturb mm -hmm. um, or there's other apps that can help you with tracking or shutting things down, that sort of thing. I would challenge people Try taking email off your phone. Try taking social media apps off your phone and just see what happens. I know for some people, they have it where every time they want to get on a social media, um, any type of social media platform, they have to re-download and re-sign in. And then once they're done on there, they actually delete it again. Because if it's if you have to go through that process, you're going to spend a lot less time on there. Mm -hmm. So, So coming up with creative things or these certain times of the day, you're not on your phone or you're, you're not using your phone for social media or like we talked about putting your phone in a different place or just having, you know, where there's phone free times during the day. And I think this is just setting an example for our kids and being mm -hmm. honest with our kids. Jesse, you and I, we don't do this perfectly. Mm -hmm. And when we work from home, like there are going to be times where there are some quote, emergency situations, my website stopped working, or there's some major thing that came up that really needed to be dealt with right away. Right. Occasionally that will happen and you will have to stop everything. But I don't want that. That is, I want that to be an occasional thing, not a every day. This is an emergency thing, because right. if that's, if that's happening a lot, if you're, if you're justifying your behavior by, well, this is an emergency probably need to go back to the drawing board of what is actually an emergency and very few things actually are. Could mm -hmm. it wait until later? Another thing that I try to do is batch stuff. So I batch responding to comments, responding to emails. Well, I will have a time frame and I'll set the timer and then I just respond to a bunch of them at once. I can get a lot more done in a lot less time. And then I'm not just responding to emails as they come in or responding to messages as they come in. I'm doing it more in batches. Mm -hmm. But I found so much help by tracking my time recently. And I talked about Laura Vanderkam's book, Off the Clock. 
But what I didn't talk about on the podcast is how her book inspired me to spend an entire week of tracking every 15 minutes. And I, at first, really did not want to do this. And for years, I've read her stuff. I've heard from other people, you know, just have this time log and try this and see how this works and see what you learn from it. And to me, that felt like so much work. Why are you giving me this face? You have this really... I sure thought that I came up with that idea for you at some point. I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. A lot of people... vaguely familiar. A lot of people have been recommending it to me for a long time. But, you know, I'm stubborn. I have to decide to do it on my own. So it was her book. I've read other books where she recommended, but for some reason, off the clock, just really was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And if you go to lauravandercam.com and you sign up for her email list, she sends you these freebies where you can get an Excel spreadsheet a printable kind of habit tracker mm-hmm. or a numbers, I don't know what they call it, spreadsheet. Um, so you have it in different forms. So if you'd rather track it on your computer, if you'd rather print it out and write it, if you'd rather have the Excel so that you could highlight and you know do all the fancy things you can do with Excel, you have that option. I found it best to print it out because I didn't want to be getting on my computer a bunch. <laughs> to defeats be, the yes. purpose, right? And so... That was, you know, then I couldn't at the end kind of really add up all the stuff, but I could, I just was able to, in my head, kind of look at how many hours every day was I spending on work and on social media and on family time. And it was just, it was very, very insightful. And I've talked about this online a little bit and people have said, that sounds like so much work. Honestly, when you think about it, okay, so you have this little sheet, it has 15 minute blocks and once an hour, you could set a timer to go off once an hour and you just jot down in those blocks what you did the last, you know, so four blocks from the last hour, what did you do? Mm-hmm. It's really not a lot of work. Okay. So maybe it takes you a minute, possibly a minute every hour of the day, but then, you know, eight of those hours were going to be spent in bed. So let's say it, you know, if you really think about it, it's probably going to take you about 15 extra minutes a day. But so 15 minutes a day over the course of a week to get a very good idea of how you're spending your time. That's invaluable. It was really, really helpful for me. And one of the my big takeaways. So first off, I did realize that I was encouraged that I am using my time well overall. And I am doing a lot in my day. And it wasn't, I wasn't, it wasn't the thing of like, oh, I'm tracking my time, so I'm going to make sure that I'm going to be really productive. I mm-hmm. tried very much to just be like, what would I usually do? Okay, that's what I'm going to do. I did realize, though, it was hard for me to just put like downtime or scrolling Instagram or you know those types of things. You kind of felt like, I don't really want to write that down. Or, or what did I do the last 15 or 30 minutes? I mean, oh, I was... Data entry. I mean, it was like, there was I, a couple of times I'm like, I didn't really do much of anything. So, but so that was, that was interesting. But I think my biggest takeaway from it was that I realized I was checking Instagram a lot. And yes, Instagram is a big part of what I do online. And it's something that brings me a lot of life. And when I say checking Instagram, typically that is I'm checking my messages and I'm responding to messages or checking comments and responding to comments. And it's typical in a day that I will get somewhere between 
you know, 300 to 700 or even upwards of a thousand on really busy days mm-hmm. messages from people. So there's a lot of messages to go through. And I do try to at least respond in the sense of hit the heart button to say, I've read your message, but I respond to a lot of messages throughout the day. Cause that's just something that's important to me and it's life-giving and we've decided to prioritize that. So yes, I could make a case for well, this is a necessity, but it's not a necessity that I check in twice or three times an hour. It's, you know, I could check in once every hour or once every other hour and batch respond to things and make sure that, you know, sometimes like the link didn't work or if I posted a deal and it stopped working or something like that, you know, just checking in to make sure things are going well and responding to messages, see how things are resonating, that sort of thing. But I think that was the thing that I realized is that I would think, oh, I'm just going to check because you had a minute, but then pretty soon that I'm just going to check turned into five minutes or eight minutes. And that's half of your 15 minute or 15 minutes, you know? And so I realized that some hours I thought I'm just going to check and I checked three times and that was literally 20 minutes of my hour. And Mm -hmm. so that was really insightful to me. And I've been testing out the batching more and checking less. And it's not changing anything as far as my engagement or my views or the click-throughs or anything like that. But it's feeling healthier for me. You're more efficient. And I'm much more efficient. And I have more time to focus on other things. That was the thing I realized when I stopped checking Instagram so much. I was like, I have more breathing room in my life. So I would just highly recommend, even though it feels, you know, like, oh man, I do not want to track my time for an entire week, every 15 minutes. And you could do every 30 minutes. She has on lauravandercam.com when you sign up for email newsletter, she has some that are just every 30 minutes. But I found every 15 minutes to be really beneficial because you're getting an even more comprehensive view of how you're spending your time. Yep. And then it was great to, at the end of the day, kind of look at, you know, how much time am I spending on work with family, just making sure that I'm spending time filling up my soul and that sort of thing. And it was just, it was, it was very beneficial. So again, lauravandercam.com to get those or the book, if you want some extra motivation to use your time wisely and also why tracking your time can be really beneficial. It's called Off the Clock. And we will link to both of those things in the show notes. So those are some of our thoughts. It's very much we are a work in progress here, like we said, but we'd love to hear from you. How do you handle phones and social media at your home? How do you really prioritize being present with your family and present with other people? We'd love your ideas, your suggestions, your tips, your strategies. Send an email to crystal at moneysavingmom.com. Have a great week and we will see you next week when we are supposed to have a special guest in studio if everything works out. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com.